Welcome to At Work in America, sponsored by Paychex. At Work in America digs in behind the headlines and trends to the stories of real people making a difference in the world of work. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Bowes and Trish Steed. Welcome to the At Work in America podcast. My name's Steve Bowes. I'm joined by Trish Steed. Trish, how are you today? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm not as well, perhaps, as you. And here's why, okay. Trish. I just realized right. there are 10 feature films nominated for Best Picture this year. I've only seen there one are. of the 10. No. And I've only got okay, about three, three weeks to watch the rest of them. That can't be true. So you, I know you've seen Barbie. You've not That's seen true. any of the others? Barbie's the one I've seen. Wow. Can I at least... I See, we never... The thing is, when we record that show, we never talk to each other about the movies firsthand. Should I maybe give you one or two that I have not watched in case I don't get to them? I'm like... About... I think I've watched eight. Do me a favor. Then give me one or two that you really, really liked and I should go watch first. Okay. I'm just going to say it right now. Um, it may not win Best Picture because, look, the whole world is talking about Oppenheimer. So Oppenheimer for sure is one to watch. Okay. It will probably it will probably win Best Picture. But if I had to say one that's really, really worthy, it's Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. With Leonardo DiCaprio. It's a Martin Scorsese film. It's, yeah, phenomenal. Like, I watched it once and I, I had to buy it because a lot of these you have to buy at this point um, to watch them. They're not quite on streaming yet in terms of, you know, free streaming, but um, it's worth it. It's worth it. I can't wait to watch it again. So. Okay. Thank you for those recommendations, Trish. I'm going to get on it very soon. The reason okay. I, I, I'm concerned with this is, of course, for new listeners who may not know this, Trish right. and I do an annual Oscars preview mm -hmm. and predictions podcast. We've been doing them for seven or eight years. I don't really know how many, but mm -hmm. uh, so we try to watch all the movies, at least all the best picture movies. That's right. Prior to the Oscars, and then we'll record the podcast in a few weeks. So, all right, I'm going to get on that, Trish, as uh, soon as possible, and I'll report back on, on our next recording. Uh, a couple Can things I real plug quick. One more, though. I just sure. want to say there's one on Netflix, and it's not up for Best Picture, but it's um, Annette Benning is up for Best Actress, and Jodie Foster is Best Supporting Actress. It's Nyad, N Y A D. Okay, The Swimmer. So, yes. About The Swimmer. Yes. Um, it's phenomenal. Like it's phenomenal. All so right. that's well, one to watch too. If you... oh, all right. I'll get on it. Uh, soon. I know but it's a lot. <laughs> before I get on to that, we have a great show today. We're talking about uh, autism and neurodiversity in, in a way which uh, we have not talked about before on, t on the podcast. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot about hiring and neurodiverse right. hiring. This gets into it a little bit more in depth, a little bit more about um, helping folks who are on the autism spectrum kind of succeed more fully in their, in their, both in their work and their personal lives, I guess is the fair way to say it. So uh, the CEO of Autism Speaks, Keith Wargo is going to join us in a minute, Trish. Uh, and and I, that conversation is fantastic. Uh, and before we get to that, Trish, let's thank our friends at Paychex. I, if at you're Paychex, watching us you on, got the Paychex hat on. If you're watching us on YouTube, I have the <laughs> hat on. Uh, this episode of At Work in America is sponsored by our friends at Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. Are you ready to drive growth and tackle the challenges ahead this year? With insights from 600 business and HR leaders, Paychex has just released its 2024 Business Priorities Report, revealing the strategies you need to succeed. 
with rising interest rates and inflation, along with the struggles to keep top talent and developing leaders, it can be tough out there. But the report reveals that a whopping 98% of companies are planning to use artificial intelligence to tackle these issues. And that's just the beginning. Packed with insider tips on improving employee benefits to automating workflows, this report is your strategic roadmap to success. You can get ahead of the game and download your copy today at paychecks.com slash A-W-I-A. That's P-A-Y-C-H-E-X dot com slash A-W-I-A. Business success this year is just a click away. Thanks to our friends at Paychex Trash. I will. I have to stop this introduction now because I've got to go watch some movies. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, we have to get out with the show. This is going to be a great show. So uh, thanks to everybody for listening and enjoy the show. Trish, we are excited to welcome our guest today. It's Keith Wargo. He's the CEO of Autism Speaks. In his role, Keith is responsible for the overall leadership, administration, and management of the organization, including the strategic vision for the future and ensuring the organization is fulfilling its mission while measuring its impact and its results. Uh, Before joining Autism Speaks, Keith combined his business expertise and his personal values when he became an owner of Monarch Cyprus, an industry-leading amenity manufacturer and supplier with a mission to employ autistic individuals. Keith and his wife, Anne, are parents of two adult children, one of whom has autism, and they have personally witnessed the positive impact that Autism Speaks has on enhancing the lives of people with autism and their families through research, advocacy, support, and services. Keith, welcome to the show today. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Trish. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Yeah, we we have we love this subject. We've touched upon it a few times in the past, but never with someone in in your position from uh, a nationally known and leading organization like Autism Speaks. So it's our pleasure to have you. Uh, maybe we'll start there, Keith. Uh, uh, you've got a little personal story here. We hinted out in the bio. I'd love to learn a little bit more about uh, your background, but what sort of made this mission, the Autism Speaks mission, so important to you personally? What kind of led you to where you're at today? Sure. So um, so from a professional background perspective, I spent the first 30 years of my career in the, uh, actually in the, in the private sector, uh, in, in financial services. Um, as you alluded to, I have a 25 year old son who is, uh, who's autistic. Um, and always sort of, so we've had the, we've had the narrative, we've had the arc for the last, uh, 22 years of, of working with AJ, to you know, help him uh, uh, reach his milestones and to um, you know reach the goals that he's hoped hoped to reach. Um, so I've seen it from the purview of a, of a parent, along with my wife Anne. Um, I had uh, I had I moved away from financial services in the middle of COVID, um, and I and pretty quickly found an opportunity to purchase a company. Uh, with a partner uh, that is a 40-year-old company, great small business. Um, and we made it a mission to employ folks on the spectrum. Part of that was driven by the fact that I had just seen over, over the two years prior to that uh, how difficult it was for us to find uh, employment uh, and for and to find the purpose that comes from employment for my son. Um, and so that was sort of how it started. Um, I have known Autism Speaks. My wife and I have been involved um, really probably in some, in some capacity for 20 years, my wife's been a, with a very active volunteer for many. Um, and so when the, uh, when, uh, my predecessor announced her retirement, uh, I looked and said, you know, geez, 
some of the things that are really important to me are, uh, are, are you know, that I was doing with Monarch uh, fit very well with, I think, the mission of where this organization needs to go. We have, you know, five and a half million, 5.4 million adults with, with autism uh, in this uh, in this country today. Um, employment is a huge issue. Um, really lots of different uh, uh, quality of life uh, and purpose um, things are, are issues. And, and, you know, for us, again, having known the organization and, and the impact that it's had, uh, and had him, uh, had on us uh, as our son was growing up, and on hundreds of thousands of folks, I felt uh, it felt very much in line with with uh, where I was, um, and I felt coming in could um, could take us hopefully to the to the next the next chapter. You know, thank you for sharing that personal connection. I know one of the things we've I looked back the first time we did an episode about autism and workers, specifically in the tech industry was in uh, 2015. So wow. this has definitely been a topic that's been gaining uh, just recognition and, and greater understanding over the years. I know we still have a long way to go. So Number one, I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing the insights with all of the business leaders that'll be listening. Um, I also find it really intriguing because just whether it's helping people, you know, on the spectrum or, or maybe, you know, formerly incarcerated or physical challenges, it seems to me like people are going through, you know, 25, 30 years and whether it's business of some sort, you know, finance, that sort of thing, and then deciding to kind of follow their passion and take those business skills into this sort of realm. Um, I'd love to hear just for anybody listening who isn't, you know, really, really familiar with Autism Speaks, can you tell a little bit about maybe some of the services you offer? Um, and my other kind of question that goes with that, even maybe before that is, um, what if what if there are adults out there who have never been diagnosed? Maybe they don't even know they are, you know, are on the spectrum. And is this something, you know, where Autism Speaks can help, you know, everyone, whether you know you are or not? Yes, no, sure. Absolutely. Thanks for, for asking that. So um, uh, we we really try to provide uh, uh, support and opportunities through three through three areas of focus. Um, the first is we call it supports and services. This is basically our foundational work. Um, uh, we have about uh, over three hundred thousand uh, folks come to us every year and use our uh, autism screener. Uh, it's generally generally parents and caregivers because it's generally used uh, for folks looking for uh, for information, et cetera, early on, um, mm -hmm. but not not exclusively. But three hundred thousand people coming for that that early sort of view through uh, through a screening tool to sort of say, um, you know, should I be looking for you know, should I be looking for other services? Should I be should, should I be talking to a uh, should I be looking for a diagnosis or talking to my pediatrician more, et cetera? Um, and then beyond that, we have very some very foundational um, uh, um, programs uh, and materials to help folks on the on their 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 journey. The most popular one is the first hundred day kit, uh, which is uh, I'm, you know really sort of a right post diagnostic uh, uh, by diagnosis toolkit for folks to help you know, navigate what are the next things they should be thinking about as it relates to their child's education, as it relates to activities, as it relates to potential uh, therapies and other things to to consider. So um, 
so and I'll come back to the old adult part that you'd asked Tristan in a minute. Sure. But so that's a that's support that's part of what we do in supports and services. Um, we have a pretty extensive uh, advocacy uh, effort. Um, this is really on a federal and a state basis to make sure that the services uh, and and opportunities that. Uh, our population needs are being addressed um, as best we can through through legislation. Probably our, our landmark or, or pinnacle uh, uh, piece of work was over a, really over a decade. We worked very hard to make sure that every single state. If you rolled it back to like when when AJ was diagnosed, um, there was no coverage for uh, for autism therapy uh, from insurance from insurance perspective zero. Um, and today, and certainly this was not singularly something that Autism Speaks did, but it was a big part of our mission for a long period of time. Today, all 50 states have uh, have insurance coverage for therapies. Now, it's not perfect, and we continue to work on making it better, um, but that is a pinnacle thing we have done on the um, on the. Uh, uh, on the advocacy side, and then on, and our last area is is research uh, and science. And there today, we're focused on um, um, translational science, really uh, personalized healthcare, trying to make sure that uh, um, that what what has been learned out there through research uh, is being applied in, in in practical ways. We also fund. Uh, through grants and fellowships to pre you know, to pre doctorate and post doctorate researchers in promising fields, uh, and increasingly are focused on on the uh, the area of adult and aging. Um, what is it? What is it? What does it look like to be an adult with uh, with autism? What are those? You know, how does aging differ? Because we know that it does, but we know very little about how or why it does uh, for that population. And so, um, back to your point about uh, about adults. A lot of what our work has been done uh, on the on the services side, and obviously we'll talk a lot about employment today. Um, but it has, has been to design um, uh, toolkits and information and resources. You're right. Increasingly, uh, individual adult individuals are uh, are being diagnosed uh, later on in life. Uh, one of my board members, um, who I happen to know, have known for for thirty years, uh, was diagnosed in her in her fifties, um, and she was diagnosed at at the at the time when her child was diagnosed, um, and that is that is that's increasingly not unusual. Um, and so, um, we recently launched a, uh, a a a resource piece on that. A a what is you know what is how do you how can you pursue a diagnosis as a, as a as an adult, and then once that diagnosis is there, what are different pathways and different resources you can tap into. Um, to uh, to hopefully you know Im improve your quality of life. Thank you. Yeah. That was really uh, excellent kind of overview of some of the uh, work Autism Speaks does and some of the uh, focus areas that you have. And, and it's incredible to think that just a couple of decades ago, 20 odd years ago, maybe when you first became acquainted with the issues, right? Just from your own experience with your son, where we've come from then to now, it's probably quite remarkable. As you said, still a long way to go, but it's certainly markedly different, right? For someone, say a new parent today, whose two or three-year-old gets uh, gets a diagnosis is going to have uh, more resources, more support, and perhaps more opportunities for that child, say, than 20-odd years ago. Is Is that fair to say? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, if I personalize it, twenty years ago or twenty-two years ago now, when when my son was diagnosed, uh, when we started to speak with our friends and parents, etc., uh, 
pretty much nobody that we we spoke to even had ever heard of autism, right? We didn't know anybody who was autistic. We didn't know anybody who had a child who was autistic, a sibling was autistic. We knew nothing, right? And awareness was very, very low. Um, we've come a long way in in 20 years um, um, in 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 that awareness. And I'd say, mm-hmm. you know, it's never perfect, but in terms of the way that um, uh, diagnoses and the and the age of diagnoses uh, and the availability of services and the pathways to the services, they've improved dramatically. Um, and again. It's never done. That journey's never done. We continue to work on and iterate um, and be there for folks uh, to to navigate that. We have a uh, what we call our autism response team, um, which is a team of of experts, um, and they are reachable through whatever format a, an individual wants to use. And it's not just parents, caregivers. It's it's individuals. It's grandparents. It could be anybody. Um, and we. We uh, we we speak with eighty thousand people a year, um, and these are these are specifically saying you know looking for specific services or specific supports or uh, or or specific therapies in a geographic area. This is somebody calling in saying I live in wherever, um, and I and my my child was just diagnosed, or and I and I need help. I need to know what direction to go, or increasingly it's it's. Uh, like on the subject of employment, folks coming to us saying, I'm frustrated, right? I aged out of, you know, I'm 22 years old, 23 years old. I'm no longer in school. Um, I have a lot of valuable skills I can bring to the table. I don't know where to go. Can you help? Um, and so uh, we have come a long way. Um, we have come a long way. And again, part of why our mission looking forward is to focus increasingly on adults uh, and adult transition is the fact that we do have uh, 5.4 million adults in the country who are who are autistic, and that that these sort of aging out of uh, you, you you age out of the school system and, and all the infrastructure around that um, at the day you turn 22, um, and the support then support and then safety nets there etc. Uh, are they're just not the same. They're 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 nascent in in some in in a lot of areas, and there's 70 to 100 thousand individuals every year who who are who are who are aging out of that. Uh, so that's increasingly why we're focused on that area. We realize we've done a tremendous amount as a society uh, for the, for the young children and the children and into a school in the school age. Um, and again, that journey is never done. Um, but that, but this area over here, after adult transition and after is one where we really need to be, uh, need to be helping this, this, uh, this, this quite large population. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the numbers because I think it's staggering when you think about how many people, I mean, it's a good thing, right? Because, you know, I, I'm sure there were many people who were just undiagnosed, right? When we were kind of growing up. Um, but but that number is such a large number. And, and these are people who are already in our workforce, right? We may not know that they need additional support or that that could even help enhance the work that they're doing. Or it might be something where we can focus on you know, specifically hiring in ways that that make people more comfortable, whether it's through the interview process or or into employment. Um, you know, Steve has has a son that's just about to graduate college. I have twins that are sophomores in college. I know there's there's still it feels like as a parent of someone that does not have autism, um, it's it's tough to even get them ready to go into the work world as it is. I would love to hear kind of how you're talking about that as they're getting ready to age out of the school system, what is it specifically that you all are doing to kind of help get them into that next phase, which is, is the workforce? 
Yeah, so well, I guess I, I would just reference a couple of, of statistics just to back up what you just said. So, um, so today, only one in five uh, individuals with a disability, including autism, is employed. Only one in five. Wow. And when you and when you couple that with you know a historically low unemployment rate in this country. Right. Um, what you have really is a, is a incredible supply and demand imbalance. Right. And that's really what we are trying to help uh, help address here um, through our, you know, our pinnacle program around this is called Workplace Inclusion Now. Um, it's a program that's it really drives to it really is it, we triangulate by working with employers. Uh, working with job seekers, and and we really think there's an important community element to it, to community stakeholders, and that can be formal community stakeholders like vocational rehab uh, services, or or more you know or or, or less formal uh, community stakeholders to to raise awareness to as to why this is a win win and why it's so important. Um, and what that program looks like is is uh, the, the pinnacle of it really is an exhaustive set of online training programs that we offer that help to address uh, uh, at, at differences of thinking, different differences of communication style, try to set up the, the game changer things that can be done to make employment work for individuals who are making that transition. Um, and really just to, to assist in making that employment happen. They like to get companies ready and thinking about it and start, but then also importantly, that it turns that that translates into success, right? It's one thing to get a job, it's it's the most important the more important thing is to keep the job and hopefully and hopefully grow in that job um and so the way we have the way we think about it is, is, is all, which is a little bit unique is really on a demand based uh, this is a demand based model we're mo we're looking mostly to try to uh uh well through in to um work with companies to to help them prepare for, for this to be part of the element of, of, of how they think about the world. Um, and that's really, we design it so that um, it is relevant to the C-suite of an organization, to human resources, to um, operations, down to down to front line, um, so that everybody sort of uh, has that you know, has that knowledge base or that relevant knowledge base. It'll be a little bit different for each, right? But mm -hmm. so that we so that we can sort of bring the whole organization, we can hopefully bring the, that uh, that that the organization along um, that journey. And we found there's a, a lot of interest in this in, in in organizations as they're starting to understand the the benefits of doing so. And the other thing I would just have to I would want to mention there is. It's a program we're really proud of. We've been working on it for uh, a number of years now, five years, I believe. Um, and importantly, it's been uh, it's been something that we have uh, had autistic individuals, uh, autism experts. We've had really experts around the space, including those who are autistic themselves, involved in designing it, so that we know that we are you know, we're building something that has has validity and and is evidence based. So that's that's one of the that's one of the biggest things we do. Keith, thank you for sort of describing how the uh, the Win program works, and I, I really appreciate the fact that you talked about hey, it's not just getting your foot in the door, as it were, right? Uh, there's more to it than yep. that for ongoing success. And I'll I'll be honest, Trish, uh, we've had a number of shows on these topics over the years. We have focused very heavily on that front door. Now that front door mm -hmm. is important, right? Being able to walk in the front door. So we've had yep. in-depth conversations about, you know, inner types of interviewing and 
accommodations that may need to be in place and, you know, the way to ask questions in an interview and the way to interpret an answer in an interview. Don't, you know, and things right. like that. We've done a lot on that. We've done less on, quite frankly, Keith, we've done less on, hey, what are the ongoing support systems and education that needs to be in place for both the employer and the individuals to to succeed? And, um, and maybe that's kind of that next step, right? Because uh, these folks, as you said, they age out of the school systems and the support mechanisms they have therein, and they might have a 40-year working career ahead of them, right? That we want Hopefully. them to be successful in. Yeah. 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 So I would think we, I think about it on kind of three levels. The first is, um, um, is just the fact that there is, you know, you mentioned it up top that you've had, you've had uh, podcasts around, you know, technology, et cetera. There's been a lot, uh, there's been a lot done around you know, technology and finance and, and consulting uh, around neurodiverse hiring. And that's mm -hmm. great. Uh, and, and that's a, that's a huge testament. Um, we've been we've been really focused on the fact that there is there's a much broader potential out there. Um, we're calling it we've come to call it the missing middle, right? Where we've, you've got folks, you know, you've got folks who who will who will do fantastically well in technology or in finance, um, who have you know little or low support needs, um, and on the other side, you have individuals who have you know have complicated, uh, comprehend you know comprehensive care and, and needs, and in fact, you know. There are some parts of our population. I think it's important to acknowledge the where where employment is not going to be part of their, you know, necessarily going to be part of their their quality of life or their their purpose, and 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 that's fine too. We can all have, mm -hmm. you know, that, that everybody's got everybody finds purpose in, in different things, um, but there's this vast population in the middle, right, that have value. And my, my son would fall in this category that have valuable and marketable skills, mm -hmm. and it's really trying to shift the mindset of companies to say. You know what? You know how how do we think about the roles that we have, the demonstrable skills that we need in order to set somebody up to be successful here? And when you do that, and you really think through that, it's actually I, I, I've I've come to believe this is applicable to really pretty much any industry. Um, it, it's it be you know, if you if you spend the time to actually do the analytics and saying well, what do you need to do? How do you can and and identify the skills right and yes there may need to be some some design accommodations um we found, we have found more times than not those those design and accommodations are 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 you know are are simpler than they might appear on the surface or at least when you start sort of it, it could be a way of people sit back and say oh, well we don't have the ability to to do that but oftentimes it's just very simple things Q&A interviews with asking, you know, analytic or, or abstract questions um, may not be the best way to to get to understand an individual and understand their skills. So we encourage companies to think about, I mean, I think one thing that's really you know, nice is that in today's in today's age, but both the use of technology that has emerged, but some of the technologies that have emerged, including AI, et cetera, as well as just formats like this, right? That uh, that you know, Zoom is a very useful format. Um, uh, email, in some cases, emails may be a good format for that to really use that. You know, use those platforms a little bit more dynamically than kind of the the way that we thought about hiring practices in the past. We've also seen companies design sort of you know performance you know, task-based uh, interviews, right? So, right, right, sort of, I want to assess your your skills and talents. There's ways of doing that um, that that don't necessarily need to be a, you know, a Q&A, tell me about yourself, tell me about your, you know, 
you know, your your you know your experiences. Um, and in fact, you know, truth of the matter is that that's actually commonly used in in a lot of industries as well. Um, if you look at yeah, you, know, you look at consulting, uh, you know, you look at any consulting firm. What are they going to do? They're going to give you a case study to go through, right? And so it's there's it, similar analogies to that that I think are really powerful. Um, and then the last part of it, you know, on the success part is um, is really retention and career development. And I think, you know, I think we have to acknowledge that the topic of neurodiverse hiring and employment is still relatively new. Um, you mentioned you've done work back 2015, um, which is a long time, but not that long. Right. And that's so, you know, there's a long term road. These are long term roadmaps to to develop uh uh, plans on how to retain and how to, you know, how to develop and 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 create career paths for individuals. Um, and when, I, when I asked sort of like what we need to do that, I look at it and say it's already, you know, it's 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 nuancing things that most organizations already do. I think it's about having, you know, employee resource groups that that make it. You know, that you know they make for a commonality for 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 employees just like we have just like most organizations have ERGs for all sorts of you know for all sorts mm-hmm. of topics um I think it's looking you know periodically and reviewing the reviewing whatever accommodations or needs are you know are enabling or maybe could further enable success for an individual doing that kind of is similar to you know to what you would do in any kind of performance review but making it part of it um and coaching and mentorship I think are also you know, are, are, are also really important uh, um, f- for folks either who are neurodiverse, who have who have kind of come before them and have, and have, and have been able to navigate some of these things, or as as role models and for you know for outlets uh, to help folks. You know, if they have to re- if they have to get over hurdles, to have some safe places to kind of go through those things. But like I said, what I, I look at that, and I say, mo- and again, I came from I worked for you know, three or four large companies. Most companies already do that in some way. It's just rethinking a, a little bit. It's not. Yeah. It's not creating something entirely new. It's just recasting a little bit um, uh, how you execute on it. I love all of that that you shared, and especially the fact that you shared about skills, because you know, from an HR perspective, which many of our listeners are HR leaders, um, you know, we've been focused on skills solidly for at least five years, right, in terms of, of kind of breaking jobs down into what skills are necessary and in terms of promotion and so forth. So, you know, I, I'd love to ask, though, when it comes to skills, are there still, I don't know if the right word is stigma out there uh, when you think of someone who is autistic or autistic or on the spectrum? Um to where it might hinder you even considering them for roles with certain skills. And I want to give you an example. I'm from St. Louis. I don't know if this is a formal plan this place has, but um, there's a a restaurant called McAllister's Deli. And they have hired, at least at this particular franchise, um, numerous people on the spectrum. And in my mind, prior to, to going in there, I think I always thought of, you know, oh, they, if you're on the spectrum, you might be better suited for you know, more repetitive, technical work, highly focused work, maybe less so on the social front, right? And the reason I'm asking this is because when you go into this particular location of McAllister's Deli, you're being served by people who are on the spectrum. They come around and talk with you and check on you when you're in your booth eating your lunch or whatever. And I was really surprised because I'm not close, there isn't someone in my immediate family um, that I'm aware of that 
that has, you know, this neurodiversity. So I guess my question out of all that, Keith, is are we like less educated than we should be about what skills even exist for people on the spectrum? Like, I don't want to like pigeonhole uh, right. future employees. What What should we be doing to learn about the skills that someone on the spectrum can actually bring to the workplace? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that because I think that, you know, well, first of all, I think we're making good progress, but we have, but we have a long way to go, right? I think there is, are still um, uh, stigmas and, and discrimination and, and stereotypes, right, that are there um, that we need to continue to, um, uh, that we need to continue to uh, work through. I mean, I give a personal example. Again, I mentioned up top, I own a company and we've made it a mission for, to hire uh, folks who are on the spectrum. We have our warehouse staff is it's largely a warehouse business where uh, we have about 20 percent of our staff now is is, uh, is autistic um and i'll just one, one concrete example we hired an individual to do something for us which is you know uh more or less of a a you know a, a packaging and shipping job mm-hmm. um and over time what we realized over time, we realized partly because uh, Sim got comfortable in 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 expressing what he was interested in and and, and talking to us about it um, was he was capable of of he wanted to do a lot more. Uh, he had, and he had this and he had the skills to do a lot more. And so today he is operating. Um, he's one of our two. Um, he's one of our two forklift uh, operators. So he's in a moving you know millions of dollars of of, um, of merchandise around in, in an environment where safety is you know we can't have safety problems it has to be everything has to be perfect um so i think that you know i think it's one of these things where success begets success right and when you when you when you bring when you when you bring folks into the workforce and you see what they're capable of um and you you know and you work to to not be and by the way i think this is true of every organization but but i think that we're in earlier stages here you always, I've always wanted as a manager, no matter what I've been doing, to look and sort of say, how do I take, you know, how is is can can somebody go to a, you know to, to the next level, right? And what are this what are those skills? And I think that's really important in this case. And again, they're they're fundamental processes that we all that we all do as organizations, right? Um, and, and I think the nuances that have to go on about it is to uh, is is to look at it look at it from a little bit of a different lens and to try to avoid this, those, those stereotypes. And that's why I go back to this missing middle concept, right? Again, I, I am thrilled as a, as a, as a parent, as a citizen, as a taxpayer in this country to know that there are so many uh, uh, people with autism who are succeeding in the largest tech companies and the largest financial institutions and, and everything. I think I'm thrilled about that. Um, but I'm also aware of the fact that, the, that, Again, my son doesn't fall into that category. He's working, but he doesn't fall in that category. And that there's a huge number of people that have those skills, you know, and, and those skills, just like all of us, there's, those skills are are, are different. Right? That's, why we have, that's why we have different roles and organizations. Keith, that's such an excellent point, maybe a great one for folks. I'm always hoping when we do these shows, there's one or two or three things, whatever, folks who listen, take away and walk away from and. I think that point there would be at least one of those ones from this conversation, right? That much like the non-neurodiverse population is wildly different and has all kinds of different skills and aptitudes and capabilities and hopes and and, and career paths, so does the neurodiverse community and the autistic community, right? They're not all the same. It's not a uniform community, right? It's, it's a wildly diverse community in its own, right? And as you suggest, Keith, lots of folks are 
somewhere in the middle who it's easy to not think about them perhaps, right? Because we focus on, on some of these other ends. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one thing that we talk to companies of quite a bit about, and I, you know, speak about quite a bit is the, is the, you know, are, are the benefits the companies look, there's benefits to the individuals, right? And it, 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 I think it gives an individual purpose. Uh, it helps towards, towards financial independence and, 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 uh, it gives them other direction in their life. I think it does, from a societal perspective, help to break down social stigma uh, and discrimination. But from the company's perspectives, well, I'll take a macro. There was a recent study done that if we were able to, if we were able to even just start to close the employment gap, um, which again, we only 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 twenty percent of the of, of individual disabilities uh, working, that there's a twenty five billion dollar upside to our GDP um, from that happening. But another study that was done showed that companies that that have committed to uh, neurodiverse hiring have higher profits, higher revenues, and higher customer satisfaction. Um, and by the way, lower you know, lower employee lower employee turnover. Um, yeah. So all of those like you know, all of those, whether you're sitting in an HR seat or a, a, a C suite, are things that you're looking to do every single day as 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 a mission. So. You know, certainly while there's a, a component of this is saying this is the right thing to do from a societal perspective, I really look at it and say it's also just good business. And yeah. it, you know, it, and, and that 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 sort of that to me is the you know, that to me is the is the is the flywheel of why making progress here you know, successful begets success. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Keith, we could go on and on uh, on this. I'm glad we were able to take some time with you today to learn a bit more, certainly about Autism Speaks, learn a bit more about your story, and then kind of uncover some of these other uh, areas of exploration on, on a subject, quite frankly, I felt like I knew a decent amount about uh, before today. And I feel like I've learned a lot more myself uh, through this conversation, which is, quite frankly, really encouraging for me and and hopefully for the listeners as well. Um, last thing, Keith, I want to just uh, 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 ask you is for folks, for especially for folks representing organizations, HR leaders, business owners, et cetera, listening to this, who want to maybe more formally uh, uh, embrace uh, some of the programs at Autism Speaks, what would what would you have them uh, have them do? Sure. Yeah. So um, uh, again, win is part of a big part of our 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 programs. Um, you can come to our website, which is www.autismspeaks.org uh, backslash win, or you can find it through a menu. Um, and, you know, again, we have these online training programs. We have we have numerous resources there that will help companies start to understand some of the things we've talked about, some of the benefits that we've seen and 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 back that up with with the data and the studies, et cetera, case studies of what of the companies we've worked with, et cetera. But um but those online training tools, they're a hundred percent free. Um we just uh, we just spent uh, a lot of time um, uh, updating and expanding the, the the repertoire and library because we, from hearing from companies and individuals where we you know where the gaps were um, so and we'll continue to iterate that as we continue to learn but that's a great place to uh, that's a great place to go um, you know the other thing I would just say is uh, I was I was honored to 
uh, testify in front of Congress a couple of weeks to go on this topic. Um, there's a lot of really good work being done uh, on a state level. So depending on where an individual or a company uh, is located, I encourage them to look into into those, uh, in, you know, into, into this, you know, into, into the state uh, enterprises as well. Uh, because again, uh, from a, from a, from a legislative perspective, you know, it has it has not escaped lawmakers that uh, that in a, in a relatively full uh, employment environment um, that there is a population that uh, uh, that can that can um, you know increase the economy um, yeah. and, and move it going but uh, but please come to our website though all the tools are there um, and uh, we welcome companies we welcome having individual dialogue with them as well on how to uh, uh, on how to enhance the the, the possibilities here Keith, thank you for all of the resources you've shared. I know I've just barely started digging into those in the last week as we prepped for the show. And it's it's just mind boggling how much information is out there, how much education is out there. And to Steve's point, you, you can think you know a lot about a topic, but until you really start looking um, and, and the benefits are really, really good. So um, I, I do encourage our listeners to do that. Um, as we wrap up, Keith, um, this is our 15th year of doing the podcast that so we've been celebrating this year. Um, but what Congratulations. Wanted, thank you. We want to ask every guest, what are you celebrating? And that could be you personally, you and your family. Um, it could be Autism Speaks. Is there anything that that you're celebrating this year and you feeling like something's really uh, kind of going the right way for you? Okay. So, yeah. So, I, um, what we're celebrating this year is that our son AJ um, has been able to. Uh, he he does have a, he does have a job, so we've been fortunate for that over the last couple of years. But we can't got to the point where he felt he was ready to uh, to to live independently, um, and so he wow. he moved out a few months ago. Uh, awesome. He lives he he lives in town with us. Uh, he lives in it, but he lives in his own apartment and. Um, uh, it's been great for him socially. It's been great for him uh, from a you know a pride perspective. Um, he is uh, definitely putting uh, putting dollars into the local economy. He goes to all the restaurants <laughs> and uh, go, nice. goes, go, goes goes to the gym goes to the gym every single day, etc. And even a few Love years it. ago, you know, even a few years ago, we had no idea whether that was something that uh, that either he could aspire to or that we'd want to aspire to. So yeah. that that's something we're celebrating right now. Well, Man, congratulations. That, that may be yeah. our best celebration so yet. So far of the it year. is. <laughs> so far. That's a big one. All right, so wait, does that now make you an empty nester? I know you said you had another child as well. Indeed. I have a, I have a child who's uh, who's also in college. So we're, we're basically empty nest. Awesome. So we're, we're oh get, my gosh. We're, 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 getting there, we're getting there fast. We're getting there fast. Yeah, same. It's so difficult, right? <laughs> We'll have to do a whole nother sh- empty nest show because we're oh my all in that same. Uh, don't. Same I'll, start cry- I'll start crying. I don't want to. <laughs> this has been a fantastic conversation. Keith Wargo, CEO of Autism Speaks. So great to meet you. Great celebratory story at the end. I know mine is like some dopey basketball game I think I talked about last time. So that's much, <laughs> much better. Um, please visit autismspeaks.org. To learn more about the organization and how your organization can get involved. Uh, Keith, thanks again for taking some time today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure, guys. All right, Trish, great stuff. We love this topic. I'm so glad we're able to revisit it. Thanks to our friends, of course, at Paychecks for all they do for us and their community as well. Um, Trish, for our guests, for Keith Wargo, for you, Trish Steed, my name's Steve Bose. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Catch all the show archives at hrhappyhour.net. We will see you next time and bye for now.